0: preaching about forgiveness. People are confessing. He's baptizing. That's not foreign to us. We know baptism. Because just, just for a second, what do we do in the Jordan River here often on, on Sundays? We baptize, right? You, baptism is not foreign to you. However... Remember, this is Mark chapter 1. Jesus had not yet died. He had not yet resurrected. He had not yet gone back to, be by the, uh, to the right hand of the Father. So when John the Baptist comes, Jesus had not even, this, this is him beginning his public ministry. They don't yet know that Messiah. So when we baptize, I say, I baptize you as you my sister in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bab- buried with him in death raised to walk in newness of life. That means something to you because you have the context of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They did not have that. So what is John baptizing people with? I baptize you in the name of something you don't know about to do something cool that you don't know about yet. He's not saying that. What does it mean to these people? And I'm going to tell you, it means the same thing to you, Okay so hang with me. But their baptism didn't have the same words that I'm using. Christ had not died yet, okay? So what was it? Because we get baptized. We're commanded to get baptized, so we need to learn what it is. Now, let's go back to Mark Chapter 1, verse 4. We just read verse 4 a moment ago. Here we are at 4. John came baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Repentance and forgiveness uh, are not not specific to the church, but we have made those into some kind of churchy words. Okay? Repentance literally means to change your direction, or if it's up here, to change your mind. Okay? So if I repent, I've changed my mind. All right? And uh, it says, uh, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Okay? So forgiveness, we have this. Idea. I say forgiveness, and we immediately think someone has wronged me, and I said it's okay. That's forgiveness. But think about it more like this uh, you owe me money, and I said it's okay, we're all good. Okay? So think about forgiveness in, in that way. So he is baptizing people and proclaiming a baptism of changing your mind for the dismissal. Of your sins. I said the same thing, just some less churchy words in there. Okay, also, we saw that when people came, they were confessing their sins. Okay, so when John baptizes, it was a baptism of repentance. People are changing their mind, okay, so that their sins could be dismissed. That's odd. Because in the Old Testament, before Jesus, how were sins forgiven or dismissed? Through sacrifice, through blood sacrifice, which is why Jesus had to shed his blood. So how is John, there's no sacrifice here, or is there? All right, hang with me. What did, what did the people coming to John for baptism have as a context for baptism. But you've seen baptism your whole life. It's hard to get rid of that, okay? We all walk in with uh, presuppositions. We all walk in with assumptions on what baptism is because man, maybe since you were little, even if you've never been to church before, uh, you, you, you saw it on TV, something in your history class. You learned about Constantine baptizing his, his army. Something. You, you have a context for that. What was theirs? That's what I want to show you, Okay. Now, there are many things that we could talk about. I'm going to use the most familiar scriptures because I don't expect that you've read the Bible before, okay? If you walked in this place today and you're not a Bible scholar, that's okay. Seriously, that's okay. That's what we're here for, all right? If we have Bibles. Uh, as you exit today, we would love for you to take those, all right? Now, I'm going to go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 to 22, okay? For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which he also went and made proclamation to the spirits in prison, who in the past were disobedient. Would God patiently waited in the days of Noah, while while the ark was being prepared. In it, a few, that is eight people, were saved through Water in the okay Noah's Ark. Have you heard of that before? There was water. The people were saved. Verse twenty-one, baptism, which corresponds to this. So, what did the people have? They'd never seen a a a, a Protestant or a Catholic baptism. So what? Did they know? They knew the Scripture. They knew the Old Testament backwards and forwards. This would have been in the first five books that they would have called the Torah. They knew it by heart, many of them. And this was one of the pieces that they had for baptism, okay, is the flood, the great flood where God is going to give the world a new start. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers subject to him. Now, Peter is one of these who saw, who saw John's baptisms before he knew that Jesus was the Messiah, okay? Peter is one of these. So he's telling the people, hey, we all know what baptism is, Right? Just like in the days of Noah, the people weren't saved because of the removal of dirt from the body, but a pledge of a good conscience toward God. This is interesting. When we are baptized, it is not that we are cleaned, it's something entirely different. Because if it had something to do with clean, as soon as you got dirty again, you would need... Washed again. It's something entirely different. Because how many of y'all were saved, but then you sinned again later? There's no, no scripture that you need to get. By the way, some of y'all didn't raise your hands, which was a sin, so that's all of us. All right. Uh, which which tells you you would have to get baptized again. So it means something different. Okay? So this was one of the scriptures in the minds of the Jewish readers, readers. says it's not washing away, but a pledge of a good conscience toward God, okay? So passing through the waters of the flood for those eight people was a fulfillment of God's promise to them. And on the other side of that water was a position for them to start over and do things God's way. You see what I'm saying? Passing through the water repositioned the people to follow God. This the world had gotten very wicked. And these eight people chose to get on the ark. Oh, man, we could talk about this for a long time. The ark is Jesus. It was atoned, all the things. It, the, the ark is representative of Jesus in the story. But they chose to get on the ark. They chose faith. They chose to get up in front of a corporate body and get wet Okay, They chose to defy all of their culture. You know that people were jeering them, making fun of them as they entered into the ark, but they chose to cross through the water and position themselves to be with God. This is the context for baptism. They chose God rather than the world. This was something new, and at this point, they were in complete and total need of God. I think that we have that in common today. Unless you are a child, you have tried on your own enough that you know that given enough time, say about 24 hours, you will fail. Go and try to live perfectly. Given enough time, you will fail. I will fail. These people knew that God was going to wipe out the world. He needed people to be righteous, and they gave themselves to complete surrender of God. And that is what the church was doing when they came to John the Baptist and they said, I keep messing this up. I need to reposition myself to be where God can use me. Okay, They escaped evil and had a new beginning. Okay? Baptism is a new beginning. Your past does not define you. I didn't say that your past won't come back and you'll have to deal with it. I said that it won't define you. It's not who you are anymore if you choose to go through the waters. As long as I am on this side of the river, I'm on this side of the river. You know what I'm saying? And some of you have, have said, I have to go through the waters. I almost preached in shorts today so that I could just step through, but then I would get the carpet all wet, okay? So you're going to have to use your imagination. You, you, you have said, I've got to go through the water. I've got to go somewhere else because I know that given enough time, I will just keep doing the same things. I'm surrounded by the same people. I'll continue to do the same things. I'll have the same sins. I'll have the same problems. I will be in the same circle. I will never get anywhere I've got to cross the river because God is there you say you're drawing a lot out of that one text and I agree so let's use another one go with me to first Corinthians chapter 10 I'll read verse 1 and 2 for you I smashed my fingers by the way by the way I didn't paint my fingernails I've I've gotten that so many times this week like oh pastor that's a new style 1 Corinthians 10, 1 and 2. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. I brought you into a scripture here, but here's what they're talking about. When, again, a story that you will know, if just watching the Prince of Egypt, the old cartoon, okay? Uh, when the Israelite people, God's people, were enslaved in Egypt... God sent Moses, and Moses brought them out. And it says that as they went out, they wandered through the desert, they were running from Egypt. Egypt came to get them, and safety for them was to cross the sea. And, and Paul is telling us that, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Their crossing of the Red Sea was their baptism. That's what it's saying here. So when people were coming to John the Baptist to be baptized, they had not yet seen a baptism like what you see. And so we've got two examples in the New Testament. One is the flood waters, Noah's Ark. That was their baptism. The other is the crossing of the Red Sea, the parting of the sea, the people passing through was their baptism. Because as long as I am here, I will lose. Okay. Have you gotten to that point in your life yet? If I don't do something different, if I can't reposition in some way, I will lose. I keep trying. Some of you have, have even said, you know what, I've accepted Jesus, but I continue to lose. I guess I'm just a loser. But the problem is we never actually pass into a new land Where there is a new set of laws and there's a new king, there's a different set of rules that I abide by. And so as long as I am on this side of the Jordan River, I am in control, I am still doing the same things. I have to reposition myself to a place where God can make me something new. So in in the flood, when Noah comes to the other side, The Bible uses language similar to the garden, and it says that Noah was a man of the earth. You know what earth is in Hebrew? Adam. It says that Noah was Adam, and he was a man of the earth, and what did he do? He plants a garden. It takes us straight back to Adam and a garden. What does that mean? Starting over. Noah is a new Adam. 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 Moses will be a new Adam. There will be many new Adams, and they will all fail (laughs) because we are human. Therefore, we've got to go to the other side of the river. We've got to position ourselves. We've got to say, God is saying, if you want to follow me, this is where I am. I, I, I am. Uh, I I could go into much greater detail about these passages, about all the ways that they were uh, baptized into this. Uh, There's a couple other stories. you don't recognize them, it's okay. I just want to tell you. uh, Jacob is going to cross over the river, but before he does, before he goes to take the promised land into possession for the Jewish people, uh, he has to wrestle with God before he crosses the Jordan River, before his baptism. He has to wrestle with God. You have to wrestle with God before you get baptized. You've got to decide if you're going to follow God when you go to the promised land or not. If not, don't get baptized. It means nothing. Later, uh, the next generation, so after the children of Israel come out of Egypt, they part through the Red Sea, and they go and they wander in the wilderness, and then when they go, they go up, and they are about to go into the promised land right before they take over Jericho and blow trumpets and the walls of Jericho fall and all that, first they have to cross the Jordan River because they have wandered disobediently in the desert, but now I've got to follow God. In fact, when they cross over the desert, a whole generation refused to follow God, and God said, you will not go to the promised land. It will be the next generation. It will be your children who go. And their children had not gone through the Red Sea, so they had to be baptized going into the Jordan River to take the land. They had to cross the river to go where God was. Elijah will later cross the Jordan River. Jonah will go under Is a baptism, right? Jesus will do the same thing. Jonah is going to go in the belly of a well. He's going to go under. He's going to come back up. This is Jonah's baptism. By the way, Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the well, and then he was spit back out onto the land, which is the sign that Jesus fulfilled when he was three days and three nights in the belly of the earth and then came back from death. All of these things are pointing to Christ. This is the context that the people had when they were coming to John to be baptized. And then, under that context, what did Jesus do? <laughs> hup, 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 hup. Hup, hup. I made it. Should have worn shoes today. That was almost very embarrassing. It was a little embarrassing as it was. It was almost very embarrassing. What did Jesus do on the Jordan River? See Galilee, headwaters of the Jordan River. What did he do? He walked on it. Because he had never sinned. Huh? He was already positioned to be with God. He walks straight across the water. Baptism to these people was entering something new and abandoning themselves. It's still the same thing. When we are baptized, we are entering into something new. Christ wants to call you out of the world into something new. He wants the people to be in a different place. Now, this place is in our hearts. I could take you into Luke chapter 17 and tell you the kingdom of God is not going to be here. It's not going to be there. It's going to be in us. Because in my spirit, I am already in the kingdom of heaven. But in my body, I'm still over here, right? And so when you are baptized, symbolically, you are saying, my spirit is over here. I already have a king. Now I have to live by by these laws that are set because my body is still there, but I'm just an ambassador in a foreign land. My heart belongs over here. I am on the other side of the Jordan where Jesus is so that I can follow him. And so I don't need to be re-baptized when I sin because I will stumble and I will fall, but I will always follow. I will get back up and I will follow because he is where my heart is. That was just a moment where I listened to my flesh instead of my spirit because my flesh is on one side of the Jordan and my spirit is on the other. And there's a war. There's a war between my flesh and my spirit. So, people in here ask this question, and I just want to address this publicly. So do I need to be rebaptized? It all depends, and I I, I can, if, if we talk in private, I can go a lot more into detail on why. It all depends on whether or not your spirit is on the other side of the Jordan. So if you were, I don't do infant baptism. How are you going to make a decision? In fact, I tell you guys all the time, man, don't, don't bring me anybody under 10 years old. I've baptized a few under 10 years old, but they went through a lengthy conversation with me, and these, I mean, they, they really knew something. But I'm super uncomfortable with a very young person being baptized because you are saying, I am dead to myself, and I am coming back. Like, I've gotten to the end of myself. Bro, an eight-year-old hasn't gotten to the end of themselves yet, Okay. <laughs> Uh, So, am I condemning that? No. I was baptized at like six. But when I came to follow Christ, I always wondered, do I need to get baptized again? And I have not. And I'll tell you the reason I have not. Because when I was six and I was baptized, I was being obedient to everything that I knew. I, I didn't know everything, but I was being obedient to what I knew. It was explained to me very well... I knew incredibly well, but many of you have come to me and said, man, I was, be, I was baptized because I knew my parents would be happy with it. Dude, your spirit is not on the other side of the Jordan. Okay? Now, this doesn't save you. This is just symbolism. Okay? But, but Jesus says, deny me be before men, i deny you before the Father. Okay? So <laughs> I want you to be baptized if you have not been baptized. But you say, I was baptized as a child. I was baptized as a teenager. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't do it for the right reasons. Yes, you need to be baptized. Not rebaptized. You need to be baptized. See, this is just symbolic. Your heart needs to cross over and position yourself to be with God. You need to publicly say, I am done with me. He is now in charge. But many have this story I knew what I was doing when I was baptized. But then I ran from God for a while. Do I need to be rebaptized? Let me ask you this Does Christ need to be recrucified? No, once was good enough for all times. So if you knew what you were doing, so this is where I just kind of lay it on you because I can't tell you that. If you knew what you were doing, no, you do not need to be rebaptized. If you did not, I really urge you to do that. God is pleased with that. You're like, I don't get it. You're not God. It means something to him and you're doing it for him. It's not necessarily for you, okay? Now, baptism is entering something new and abandoning yourself. And that's exactly what John was trying to get the people to do. Listen to John's words that he was preaching. Prepare the way of the Lord. Jesus is coming. You want to be there when he gets there. And when he comes, you know where he's coming? The other side of the river. (laughs) You need to be there so that you can follow him. This is why, well, let me skip down. So, is this salvation? Is this the confession of sins? This is a positioning of your heart. And let me, let me, give, the, let me, let me give you this to back up what I just said. Jesus was baptized and had never sinned. Think about that for a moment. If Jesus had sinned, His sacrifice is not good enough to cover your sins. It was imperative that He be perfect when He was sacrificed so that one sacrifice could cover all sin for all time. Yet, in His perfection, He was baptized to wash away sin, to position himself and to show you how to position yourself okay so it is not what saved baptism didn't save Jesus Jesus saved Jesus <laughs> okay so that just kind of as a as a backup there okay he wasn't bound for hell he had never sinned. John is preparing the uh, the, the people to receive the Messiah, to step into something that is new and that is completely out of their range, out of their element, past their abilities altogether. So, in the church, we get the chance to plunge into something that is literally ancient, that has always pleased the God. Okay? But worship team, you'll go ahead and come up. Mark chapter one, verse seven through eight. John the Baptist is talking about baptism, and he says this: He proclaimed, "One is more powerful. One who is more powerful than I am coming." Let me just start over. okay? This is about like jumping on the trough a minute ago. He proclaimed, "One who is more powerful than I." is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? It means a lot. something big, okay? So I can't wait for you to hear that. But why are we talking about this, Pastor? I've already been baptized. Okay. First of all, it's an understanding, okay? But secondly, this is what I want to walk through for the next few weeks. If you have truly gotten to the end of yourself and you understand that if you are going to do better, if you are going to be better then it's going to be God because you've tried. You've given it your best. You've tried. Somebody else needs to take the reins. We have to understand who He is. Okay? We've got to understand who God is and what He was actually telling us to do. And so I'm walking through the gospel uh, and just sort of of showing some of these things for what they really are and what Christ really is. Uh, So, that is one sermon, and here's a far, far better sermon. Royce, why don't you go ahead and come up? And if you will grab the microphone in the seat right there. Come on.
1: Got it. Church, Church, this is your sister, Kim. She has dedicated herself to the Lord. Kim, in front of everyone here, do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. Do you believe that his blood covers all your sin? Yes, sir. Do you believe he died and was resurrected in three days yes sir by your own confession step in Baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in death. Raised to walk in the newness of life of Jesus Christ.
0: Awesome. I we we got to speak we got to speak at length just a, a short while ago and I'm telling you she knows what she is doing and she has decided to reposition herself and and follow Jesus and uh man we could not be more proud of you thank you so much we're so proud of you. um hey another praise uh th- this is Royce if you don't know if you don't know Royce Royce and uh and and Sean here and uh a few others ladies uh, we got ladies here. we're our ladies here today um No, no, I'm looking for... Uh, there's Melissa. There's Melissa, Carla. We've got others are, are doing jail ministry, so they'll go and they'll have a, a, just a rocking service after this. And and uh, Royce will baptize how many today? We're going to baptize oh three today. So, uh, yeah. Last year, last year alone, baptized like 54? 58. Up to 58 when we baptize these three. All right. So, yeah, that's pretty cool, huh? All right. So... Uh, man, position, position, position. We need to be in a position to serve the Lord, and uh, this this is in your heart, right? Not the washing away of sins, but but a clear conscience towards God. Perfection, absolutely not. Reposition, God, I want to be where you are. If that is your heart today, I just want you to close your eyes. Some of you, you may want to uh, just just raise hands and worship, and just lift us up to the Lord. Some of you, just just take that receiving posture. But but but. Father, we we position ourselves. We give ourselves to you, Lord. God, we are just a room full of people who cannot seem to get it right on our own. So it's got to be you. Forgive us, Lord, when we walk in the flesh. As we desire to be with you, Lord. You 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 have brought so much of the kingdom down already and it's in our hearts. But we long to be with you in the kingdom, physically. But God, until then, let us be ambassadors. Let us be good stewards of your word. Help us to lead others, Father. Help us to lead others. And thank you for everybody that we've gotten to witness across this river. We praise you for who you are. And we thank you. Alright, the worship team is going to play and uh, baskets are going to come up baskets you guys go ahead and come up so they're going to pass those around uh, part of the way we worship is with tithe and offering but also you have a connection card if uh, if you would please fill out that connection card and uh, let us know what we can pray for you um, what we we can pray for you or over you uh, also if uh, you've made a decision anything like that we would love to give you a call about that this week but better yet, uh, we have a prayer team. Prayer team, will you go ahead and make your way to the front? Uh, we have a prayer team. They've got buttons on, so uh, you'll recognize them. We have a prayer team at the front. So come up, and they would love to pray over you, just chat with you, maybe even answer questions for you if you have that. Uh, but that's all I have right now. Please stand and work.